0: Revelation chapter 3. Uh, we're looking at the church at Laodicea. The church at Laodicea. This is probably the uh, passage uh, in the midst of all the other uh, churches that uh, is talked about the most, uh, right? Uh, whenever we talk about the seven churches, uh, this passage is talked about in particular because uh, of a few of the verses that are here. Uh, but uh, we're going to go ahead and take a look at, uh, at this word this morning. And, and remember, As I've said throughout the whole series, right, uh, uh, the words that uh, Jesus gives through John the Revelator to these seven churches wasn't just for them uh, in the first century. Uh, The reality is God has a word for you and I right through what we see here uh, today. Uh, Today, he's looking to speak to us uh, today. Uh, And so he has a word for us through the letter to the church at Laodicea. So uh, with that being said, uh, if you uh, are there, let me know that you're there by saying there. And uh, we'll read verses 14 through 22 together. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible, the verses will be on the screen. But uh, this is what the word uh, of the Lord says. It says this, And to the angel or the messenger of the church in Laodicea, uh, write the words of the Amen, or in the original language, the words of the true one, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's, Creation, right? Talking about Jesus here. These are his words. He says this, I know your works, church. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Man, that is some tough language right there, isn't it? Jesus getting real with this church here. And by the way, he has the authority to be able to uh, speak truth, right, and share the truth of the condition of the church because he is the faithful and true one. I'll go ahead and throw this in free of charge. Hey, if if you know Jesus and he is Lord of your life, he has, right, the right to speak the truth into your life. He has the right to speak, right, and share truth with you. Sometimes we don't want to hear it, um, but uh, he has the right to do so, and we'll talk more about that here in a second. Verse 17, for you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that in reality you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I can I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourself. And the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Verse 19. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him. And he with me, the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. And then the last verse, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. I've entitled the message this morning simply this. All in. That's why I'm wearing this T-shirt here, by the way. First time guest, Hey, I'm not usually in a T-shirt when I'm preaching, but that's why I'm wearing this shirt today, right? All in. Uh, the call of the Christian life, right, is to be all in for him. And that was the issue with the church at Laodicea, was that they weren't all in for him. May we choose not to fall victim uh, to where they had fallen. Won't we pray together? God, we love you. God, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for your word, God. I I pray today, uh, Lord, though this is a tough text, God, I I pray that, God, you would open our hearts and um, our minds, God, you'd open our ears to hear from you. Uh, Lord, help us to see, Lord, uh, this call that you've given uh, your church in large, Lord. this call to be all in for You. God, I pray uh, God, that you'd meet with us here. Speak to us now. Have your way in this place. God, and I ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, Amen Amen. and Amen. Yeah, the church at uh, Laodicea, man, they were... Uh, in a mess, uh, and Jesus speaks to that mess, which, by the way, he speaks to that mess because he loves them. Uh, we see that here. Man, those whom he loves, he disciplines, right? He uh, chastises. Uh, even though it doesn't feel good, even though it's not the uh, uh, best of times, right, we need it as his children. A lot of times because we sway, right, uh, we drift away from him. He loved this church at Laodicea and hated seeing them in the place that they were in. Uh, And so he calls for them to go back to being all in for him. And that is the plea, man, of the church today. That's the plea that he gives us in this room today, man, to be all in for Jesus. Man, to be sold out for him. As we talked about earlier with the the, the church at Ephesus, right? The first uh, church in this series, the church that lost their first love. For some of us in here, man, it needs to be a return to our first love. For some of us in here, man, it needs to be the realization, man, that we have grown cold, complacent. And we need to return to him. Man, because he is worthy of it. Let me put it to you this way. Let me put you this way and then we'll get to the points today. Let me put you this way. Hey, Jesus Christ, right, he didn't die on the cross just for you to simply be cool with him. He didn't die on the cross for you to simply be cool with him. He died on the cross for you and for me to be fully committed to him. To be all in for him. Sold out. All in for him, man. In our walk with God, all in for him on this mission that he's called us to. Man, that's why he gave his life. Man, he paid it all. And for that reason, all to him we owe. And so the call for us is to be all in for him. Be all in for him. And that's what the church of Laodicea was lacking. Real quick this morning, right? Uh, i got two points here. What does it look like, right? Based on what we see in this passage, how does it look like for us as children of God, right, to be all in for Him? What does it look like? We see it right here in the passage. The first uh, truth that we must come to understand what it looks like for us to be all in for Him is, right, for us to first and foremost be honest about our condition. To be honest about our condition. The church at Laodicea, man, hey, they were uh, living a lie, if you will. In their minds, they thought they were good. And some of those reasons for that, which we'll talk about here in a second, were were those reasons why they thought they were good. Yet Jesus steps in and says, man, hey, guys, you're actually lukewarm. You're actually, man, living in such a way that that, that I want to spit you out, i.e., cast judgment on you, right? Judgment is coming for you if you don't correct yourself. They had to be honest. In the same way, us in this room, man, hey, we've got to be honest about our condition. Here it is. Where are we at today? I'm not talking about where you were five years ago. I'm not talking about where you were in youth group. I'm talking about where are you at today in your walk with Jesus, in your relationship with him. We've got to be honest about our condition. I came, uh, talking about honesty, I came to reality about needing to be honest about uh, myself this week, Brother Dwayne. Uh, this week, man. Uh, you know, Monday, like I've said before, you know, love uh, playing basketball, man. Enjoy it; it's a good time, uh, right? But this week, uh, I came to uh, uh, <laughs> to the reality uh, about who I am now. As I inch closer and closer, brother Cliff, to the big three zero in a couple of weeks, man. The big three zero, man. Oh, shoo! A couple weeks. As I inch closer and closer, I'm realizing that, man. Hey, things are going slower and slower. I'm getting slower and slower. And Monday was one of those eye-opening moments for me. Brother Drew was here. Man, my buddy Drew, he's here today. He was there when we were playing ball. Man, I'm playing. There were a couple times I literally just tripped over my own two feet running around the court. I'm dribbling. Someone hits the ball out. I end up tripping on the ball, falling down. Right? And there was one time I ended up getting hurt actually doing this. One time, you know, there's a fast break, and I think, man, I got an open, open lane to the goal. Right? I'm just going to lay it up like usual, jump up. Right, a couple times I drove in, couldn't couldn't jump high enough, couldn't get the ball over the rim, hitting the bottom of the rim, laying it up. And then one time I go up to lay, and some guy he thinks he's going, he thought he was going to the NBA or something. I don't know what he doing. <laughs> he goes up to try and block the shot. Right, he ends up hitting my body. Right, and, and instead of falling gracefully, I couldn't catch myself. I had lost all balance and came down hard on the hardwood floor, and I'm and you know ended up hitting my head on the floor. And it was one of those moments, Brother Ben, I had, you know, rolled over, opened my eyes. Okay, well, I'm not in the presence of the Lord yet, so I'm good. Okay, hey, I'm all right. And then, you know, I realized, man, I don't need to be doing this driving anymore, man. I think I just need to be sticking to uh, shooting bats. And actually, Drew and I talked about that, man. He gave me some good wisdom. Hey, man, hey, let's just stick to outside, man. We're getting too old for this. Getting too old. And I said, you're right. You're right. At that moment, man, even though it, hey, it, it took learning the hard way, but I had to come to grips, right, and be honest with where I was, where, where, my, where my condition was. And, 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 you know, I share that story, right, that funny story, precisely, but, but here's the truth. In the same way, like I mentioned, for us as Christ followers, man, we've got to examine ourselves, 2 Corinthians tells us, to see where we are, see where we are. And the church of Laodicea, man, they had fallen victim to not doing that. Here's what they fell victim to, right? The first thing was this. They had, a mis, uh, they had a misconception about what it looked like to live right. They had a misconception about right living. Jesus tells them this. Hey, you're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. Now, I'll go ahead and throw this in. By the way, a lot of folks right, use this passage to speak, to If somebody's hot, they're on fire, zealous for God. And the person that's cold is totally antagonistic to the things of God. Well, that, that's not necessarily what the, con- you know, based on the context, what, what's being talked about here. Remember, Jesus is preaching to believers. And so what he's saying is, right, He, he said, hey, man, you're neither hot, man, right, uh, hot water or hot, you know, stuff, hot coffee you drink, right, hot water you used to cook, or neither you're cold. You, cold water, you know, you, you used to, uh, you know, for whatever reason, to drink or, or whatever. You, you're neither one of those things. You're lukewarm, which you can't do anything with do with. And he uses this illustration because, man, the church at Laodicea, they would understand this context. They were in between two cities. This city, uh, Heropolis, right, which uh, produced uh, hot, you know, hot water for medicinal uh, purposes, which was uh, to the west of them. And then Colossae, which you've heard of Colossae, right, uh, was to the east of them. Uh, they had produced cold water that they would pipe into uh, Laodicea. So they would understand uh, this context here. And what he was saying was, man, you guys... Can't do nothing with you because you're complacent. Can't do nothing with you because you're lukewarm. They thought they were living right, man, because they were cool with just simply going to the temple every once in a while. They thought they were living right because, man, hey, they were cool with giving a little something in the offering plate every once in a while. They thought, man, they were good because, man, they knew the lingo of the day. They could probably recite some verses. But the reality is they had a misconception about living right. And Jesus calls them out on their complacency. Calls, <clears throat> calls them out on their complacency. We see this route, and I said it before, man. The call of the Christian life is not to walk in complacency. But rather, man, it's to be completely sold out to Jesus. The call of the Christian life is not to walk in complacency, but it's to be completely sold out to Jesus. And the church at Laodicea, they fell short of that. And the call for us is to be all in for him. Jesus himself talks about it in Luke chapter 9. Verses are on the screen here, right? Uh, this passage where he, he gets real, the cost of following him. Uh, you remember this, those of you who've been in the Bible long enough. right? Here's what it says, verse 57 through 62. It says this, As they were going along the road, Someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Man, Jesus, hey, I'm all in for you. Man, I'll follow you. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Hey, listen, I know you want to follow me, but it ain't going to be comfortable, man. Man, just being real with him. To another, he said, follow me. God. It's this picture of being all in for Him. Sold out, man. That's what it took to use a plow there in the first century. It wasn't just one of those one-handed little plows you use, man. It took all of your effort. Both hands there. Fully committed. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Right living consists of a life sold out to Jesus at the end of the day. Sold out to Him. Sold out, man, to raising your kids in the way of The Lord sold out to loving your neighbor, even though they're different than you are. Hey, sold out to being a witness at the workplace. Hey, sold out to not just simply reading for knowledge sake, but reading for obedience sake. The word of the Lord. Man, the church at Laodicea, they had a misconception about right living. But also we see it here, man. They had a misconception about being rich. Jesus had to get right with them. Uh, He had to be honest with them, man. They had a misconception about being rich. Look back at what it says. Verse 17. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered and I need nothing. Not realizing that in reality you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, uh, and naked. Man, the church at Laodicea, man, they had a lot of riches. Man, a lot of them were successful businessmen. there within the life of the church. Had things going for them. Wealthy. Man, it, a, a matter of fact, there was an earthquake that hit the city in 17 A.D., but they were so rich, man, they just had, man, the Roman Empire just come and build them a whole another city there. They didn't rebuild it. They just built a whole other whole city. Who was it, man? They They could just pay their money to have it taken care of. They were rich. Rich. And they thought, hey, here it is. They thought their riches was where their security could be found. When in reality, it wasn't. First Timothy 6, verse 6 through 10. Look, look what it says here. It says this, But godliness and with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. At the end of the day, hey, there's nothing wrong with having material wealth. Right, the issue is whenever you love it enough. Here it is. The issue is, right, whenever you're like the Laodiceans and think, hey, because I've got all this stuff, hey, I don't need God. Hey, the issue is whenever you think, man, I've got all these material possessions, I don't need him. The issue is whenever your security lies in the stuff, in the people, in the things over him. Right, whenever that happens, man, you have a misconception about true riches. It's good to have stuff, but nothing compares to, man, the eternal riches that we have in heaven. In heaven. There's no issue with stuff, like I mentioned earlier. But here's the thing. If you find yourself more consumed, right, about investing in the stuff that you have in this life, or investing in uh, occurring stuff in this life, then you have investing in, man, a building God's kingdom. And investing in eternity, man, then there's an issue there. An issue there. And by the way, I'm not just talking about, hey, material stuff. Some of us in here, and I'm like this all the time. Man, I have a misconception about riches and that, man, hey, I know that I need God. Right? And I need him until he answers that prayer about what I need. And then I don't need him no more. I know that I need God. Hey, hey, and and man, I'm, I'm all out, man, crying out, Lord, I need you. Until he provides that certain thing that I was really craving. And then all of a sudden, I don't need him. That's where the church at Laodicea found themselves. Man, they found their security in the stuff that they have. Where is your security found today? Is God to you more than... Is God to you everything or is he just kind of like a genie in a bottle, man. Hey, you go to him, you come to church whenever things are a mess and then, man, whenever things are good in your life, you can just roll on. Like I said, hey, just being honest. Just being honest with ourselves. Got to be real. Where is your security found? Where is it? I put down here, man, so what at the end of the day? If you don't have the newest and greatest things, right? There's no better gift than investing, right, in your child. may not be with that material possession, but no greater gift than investing in your child, man, the, 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 the Scripture, the truth of the Scripture, and seeing them grow in the faith. So what if you don't have that new car, not able to get that new car, that new boat? Man, nothing compares to investing in that ministry. Man, or that person that's in need of it. To build them up and to build God's kingdom. At the end of the day, hey, we must choose to be honest with ourselves. Got to be honest with ourselves. In the church at Laodicea, man, hey, they needed to come to the understanding that true wealth comes from knowing him. And at the end of the day, knowing how much we need him. I believe I'll say that one more time. Hey, true wealth comes from knowing him and knowing how much we actually need him. So that's the first truth. Hey, we've got to be honest with ourselves. We want to be all in for Jesus. We've got to choose to be honest with ourselves. And then secondly and lastly, hey, we, if we want to be all in for Jesus, we need to choose to humble ourselves. We need to choose to humble ourselves. Go back to the text. Look what Jesus says here. Listen, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich in white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen in the salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love. I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent for behold, I stand at the door and knock and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And eat with him. And he with me. Jesus, right, opens up this call for the people at Laodicea, man, to choose to humble themselves. And respond. And respond. Which, by the way, I love in all these uh, letters to these seven churches here, right? There's always a call to respond. Which, by the way, speaks to us in here today. There's always a call to respond whenever we engage the word of God. Whenever he speaks to us, there's always a call to respond. And we see this call that's given to uh, the church at Laodicea, man, to choose to humble themselves and respond to this plea that's been given from Jesus himself. And what does that response look like? It looks like this, number one. And it, it looks like this for us in here, too. Response number one is to choose to invest in our faith. That's what he's talking about there in verse 17. Hey, I, I begged you, hey, man, buy this stuff for me. Buy this stuff for me. It speaks to investment. Investment. The church, instead of investing in stuff in this world, man, hey, invest in in what really matters. The building up of your faith. Invest in what really matters. Man, growing God's kingdom, building God's kingdom. We've got to choose to invest in our faith. Here it is. Growth in the Christian life. Growth in the Christian life is not going to come without personal investment. I believe I'll say that one more time. You've probably heard it before, but maybe you need to be reminded of it again. Hey, growth in the Christian life is not going to come without personal investment. It's not. It's not. You're not going to grow and mature in your faith, man, without personally investing in your faith. You're not going to grow if you're not active and going to the Lord daily. you got to choose to invest. got to choose to invest. And we know that. I know I'm talking to a room full of folks, right, that have invested in something. I know, you know, military context, we've got folks that have invested in their military career. And you and you know the gruel and the grind, man, and all the time that you've poured into that. I've got folks in here that have invested in the you know in school for the purpose of going to a career. Folks that have invested in, in their family and grown in their home. You understand the work that it takes. Hey, the same thing can be applied to our spiritual life. Here it is. Can I just be honest with you again? I'm just keeping it 100. Just keep it what. Listen, if the only time you're engaging in the word, man, is here on Sunday morning. Hear me preach, man, you're not going to grow, man. Not going to grow. And so you must choose to humble yourself, man, and invest in your faith. Invest in what matters. First Timothy 4, 7 and 8 speaks to that. It says like this, have nothing to do. Paul talking to Timothy here. Have nothing to do with irrelevant, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Train yourself. And by the way, not just talking to the new Christian. Hello. Talking to everybody in the room here. Those of us who've known Christ two, two hours or 20 years. Train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, right? It's important. Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Let me put it to to you in layman's terms. Listen, we need to invest in our personal relationship with God and we need to invest in others. Here it is. We need to be all in in our personal relationship with the Lord and we also need to be all in, man, on the mission that he's given us. And to share the hope of Jesus. Invest in your faith. I've heard it put, to you th- put it this way, and then we'll go to the next one. Uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, Shane and Shane, they had a song that came out. I was probably in high school um, in one of their albums uh, called Get Over, uh, or it's called Over the Sun. But it's talking about the life of Solomon, the songs, the Life of Solomon, and basically talking about how, man, the call for us as Christians is to live life over the sun. I.e., man, live life Investing in eternity. Investing in what really matters. Investing in stuff that's going to that's gonna go with us. And that's the call for us in here, man. Invest in what matters, man. Invest in your faith. Secondly, we see here what it looks like to humble ourselves. Our response is to do this. Choose to rest in God's love. Rest in God's love. Verse 18 uh, speaks to uh, that here uh or well, verse 19 rather he talks about this those whom i love i reprove and discipline so be zealous and repent whenever we think of reproof discipline some folks think of it as right uh, um, a negative if you will right uh, you know man that that for some folks maybe you've sadly taken part in this you know where it's gone a step further gone towards a, abuse that you might have uh, suffered but but that's not what jesus is talking about here man Those of us in here who are parents, majority of us in here who are parents, you understand, right, the value of reproof and discipline. You do it, man, because you love your child, right? You you do it so that, man, that, that they would be able to walk in the right way. There's a purpose for that. It's out of love. It's out of love. And so for us in here today, man, as we're being honest with ourselves and humbling ourselves, seeing where we're at, as the Lord steps in and reproves and disciplines up, the call for us is to rest. In His love, understanding that the reproof and discipline is coming, man, because He loves us, loves us. Hebrews twelve six says it this way: For the Lord disciplines the one He loves, and chastises every son whom He receives. I'm walking through that personally. Just be honest, we're walking through that personally. Better had an invitation to go and preach at this uh, at this camp out in Pigeon Forge. And I'm one of those folks, right, that God is growing me uh, in learning how to say no to stuff. I'm thinking, man, I want to do it all, man. It's for God's kingdom. I just want to do everything. But God is teaching me, hey, no, there's value that comes in rest. Hey, there, hey, you've got, you've got a church and 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 a uh, ministry, right, to pastor and shepherd here, you know. And so I remember thinking, man, I'm gung ho for it. I'm just going to tell them yes, and God will have a conversation later. And I remember over the next several days, y'all, some of y'all been there before, I remember the next several days just, I mean, wrestling with God, man, wrestling with him. And then I remember, you know, one time, you know, where, I mean, I'm getting ready for the day, right? I'm meeting with the Lord, you know, there, and, and he's, he's getting real with me, and it was one of those reproof correction moments where it was like, all right, Irv, you're not going to do this. Hey, here it is. He brought that verse to mind. Hey, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? I remember it was one of those humbling moments where I had to just say, you're right, you're right, God. And so I had to call them back and say, hey, I can't do it, man. Just don't have a piece. Not, not what God has at this point in time. But I needed to walk through that reproof correction, man, so that God could teach me the value of saying no. If I say yes to every single thing, man, I'm going to burn out. Doesn't matter how young and spry I am. <laughs> Talking about being old just a second ago. Hey, Doesn't matter about that. But see, that's what the Lord does. But hey, because here it is, Because he loved me, he stepped in and said, hey, this is sitting for you right now. And in the same way, hey, as he reproves and disciplines us, man, and consider it a joy. Consider it a joy, man, that, that hey, God isn't that parent, you know, that, that, that absentee parent. That just allows you, man, to eat candy for, for every meal. Right, he's not, he's not that parent, right, that, that just allows you, hey, man, go, hey, go do whatever you want. Be thankful for the guardrails that he places in our life as we walk with him, as he speaks to us, and directs and leads our life. Man, be thankful for those. Cause at the end of the day, man, he's just trying to grow us, man, and conform us into the image of his son. So listen, rest in God's love. Rest in God's love. And then thirdly and lastly... Verse 20 speaks to it. It's, It's this. Choose to respond and rely on the spirit of God. Choose to respond and rely on the spirit of God. Behold, I am standing at the door and knocking, waiting for someone to answer. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Right, this call to respond. Again, some folks use this passage to speak to, right? Someone who's lost, Jesus drawing them close. He does draw us to himself, right? And he does give us the opportunity to respond. I mean, that, that is true. We see that in Scripture, but that's not necessarily this context. Again, he's speaking to Christians here. Right, what he's saying is, hey, behold, I'm at the door, man. Anybody who hears my voice, anybody who chooses to respond, man, hey, I will enter in. And we'll be able to commune together, dine together every single day. It's this invitation to commune with the God of the universe, right? That's being given to us every single day. And the call for us is to accept that invitation and walk in him every single day. Here it is. The call is to ask for the spirit of God. For wisdom to guide our life. To lead us. To give us the grace, man, and the patience, man, to love and live for Him. We must respond and rely on the Spirit of God. Galatians 5.16 puts it this way. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. See, that was the problem with the church at Laodicea friends, that they stopped doing that. They thought because they had enough stuff, they thought because they had enough knowledge, they thought, you know, if they go to the temple enough, that, that was plenty. That was plenty for their spiritual life. But in reality, man, hey, Jesus was waiting at the door asking for them to let him in so that they could dine in fellowship with him. Man, and the call stands for us in here as well. Man, to let him come in, man, for us to be willing, man, to fellowship with him, to see that our relationship with God is more than just here, to, more than just the letter of the law. Right? It, relationship with God is, is the Spirit, Spirit. And so the call for us, man, is to respond and rely on the Spirit of God. I'll close with uh, with this. I heard a story uh, about six months ago, um, it was about a uh, football player who made a statement that was pretty controversial in uh, the news, right, they asked him about uh, his love for football and he said, man, hey, I, I love it, I am all in for it, matter of fact, I'll be honest with you guys, I'll die on this field if, if I could, if I played, I, hey, I'd die on this field and everybody's like, dude, man, this guy's crazy. We're talking about that man. There's more to life than just football, right? Which we'd agree to that, yes. But here's what he was saying. His love for football, right, was so huge that he was willing to give his life for it, and that got me thinking. For that guy, he could have been talking. He could have just been talking, but I know one who actually did. Give his life for us. Man, he loved us so much that he did give his life for us. His name is Jesus. And here's the thing. Because he did, church, because he paid it all for us, all to him, we owe. Hey, because, man, he shed his blood on Calvary's cross for you and for me. We were destined to go to hell, Bible says. But he made a way out. Because of that, listen, man, we're called to give our all to him. He's deserving of our life. And so the call for us is to go all in for him. What does that look like, Pastor? You know, what does that look like for me in my life? Well, I'm glad you asked. Being Hey, going all in looks like this. Hey, jumping into a family group and cultivating, right, your faith, growing your faith. Hey, all in looks like this. Hey, jumping in and serving someplace. Not just being a consumer like we've talked about over these last couple weeks, but jumping in and serving somewhere. Being all in looks like this. Hey, choosing to invest not just your time, but invest your resources, your finances right into building God's kingdom for us to be able to do ministry both in this building and outside of it. Man, go it all in, man, looks like, man, the decision, hey, to not live life for yourself anymore. But to live it for him, live it for him. And so will you answer the call? Will you choose to say, hey, hey, I'm all in. Man. I'm all in. Hey, because Jesus paid it all to him. I My hope and prayer is that we would all in this room do that.